Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right. Hey, we're here at the Seinfeld Podcast. I'm here with Laura. How are you doing this week? Good. How are you? I am doing good. Um, and I'll be honest with you. This week's episode, I want to take one of these. We're talking about the nap. So <laughs> if you or I fall asleep halfway through, we'll just exit the podcast and uh, <laughs> it'll be okay. But no, this is definitely a week where I could use a lot of naps. So, But we'll talk about what happened to Seinfeld. A very good episode. I liked the nap, and um, I think we talked a little bit about this last week. Here's my issue before we start. I'm finding myself, if I had to pick my top five or ten, this might be maybe number ten. Is it number ten because it's a great episode, or is it number ten because I'm so jealous of George that he got to take a nap during work? I'm trying to figure that out. Well, I don't know. I mean... See, we're lucky in Canton, in our Canton office, Mm -hmm. because there's a room in our building that's like, I think it's called the quiet room. It has like a couch and really comfortable chairs. And there's people that go in there and nap all the time. So we'll have to, when we go back to our office, I'm sure there's going to be a line of people outside of the nap room. (laughs) It should be good. And and the thing is, once you guys go back to your office, my part, and, and Laura and I work for the same company, I get to work from home, but which makes it more challenging because, I mean, I'm in a comfortable chair right now. Uh, I use a workout this chair, too. And there's times where I get tired, and I have to – I have a fan here. I kind of keep on my face to keep me from falling asleep. It could happen one of these days. I'm really happy I normally work during the day. Because, man, if I worked a night shift, I'd be out. I, I mean, when Laura and I used to work together, we had the night shift where I think we came in, well, I can't remember, probably 4.35. And we often left, what, 1, 2 in the morning. I can't imagine doing that now. I'd, I'd be falling asleep every day. Yeah. And what makes it tough for George is, you know, he's working for the New York Yankees at that time. And George is working during the day. I don't think he had to necessarily work during night games, which kind of makes it funny because George is taking a nap at night. I mean, and nap during the day, which makes it w- worse. He was staying up late and watching TV shows. Right, right. That was his issue. And that's happened to me, too. I mean, I've I stay up late. I mean, there's some nights where it's either I'm watching a Steelers game at night or I get kind of hooked on something, and I'm up to late, and that makes it tough the next day. I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what George's job is, so. <laughs> yeah. Yes, actually has a lot of work to do. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't it the assistant to the travel secretary? I, yeah. I that was the title, but 
Yeah. Behind the American League book, which was, which was funny. Yeah. Like a giant book to sleep behind. Yes. <laughs> Makes it very interesting. Well, let's take a look at the episode, and uh, I, I'm going kind of, let's do it this way. Let's kind of quickly go through the plot. I'm trying to reacquaint myself with what's happening here with the nap. Okay. Um, what do you think about um, Kramer taking up swimming? <laughs> I, I thought that was very wild. Well, I mean, it's right up, it's right up his alley. You know, he doesn't run. <laughs> he, he has to do something that's off the beaten path. And he got into fights with the people in the pool at the gym. So he had to go find a new place. And apparently didn't realize that what everybody in the entire country knows is that where he was swimming was a garbage dump. Yes. Yeah, it'd be kind of like if um, you wanted to start swimming and you chose Lake Erie. I mean, there are beaches in Lake Erie. It's okay. But say Mm -hmm. you just dove uh, off of Euclid into Lake Erie. That may not be the best place, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely makes it tough. And you might think, you know, hey, we live in urban areas, but we live kind of not in the middle of the city. I mean, we could say, hey, maybe we just put a kiddie pool in the back or a swimming pool in the back. Well, you know, you live in New York City, you got to find a public pool. And it's tough. So he says, hey, you know, he had a good idea, but obviously it was a good idea because, or a bad idea because no one swam there because it's the East River. It's very mm-hmm. junky. That's where so, dead bodies are. Yes. Pointed out by the, the guy saw Kramer, the little kid saw Kramer swimming. Right. Like, oh no, that's a dead body. And I think he thought he was a mobster. Yes. <laughs> mobsters put their, their dead bodies. Yeah. Like, I, you know, Kramer's got kind of, kind of luck. I can understand somebody being a little bit confused. <laughs> he could I be love, a lot. I love the, I, don't, I would love to know if the idea that Kramer said um, that he was a foot taller after swimming. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually true. I've never. I don't know if that's true. Maybe that's why Michael Phelps is so tall. Because he swims a lot. Yeah, because he's he's like seven foot tall. <laughs> well, well, and I'm trying to figure out. I got. I you know we we all know Michael Phelps, but I don't know as many of our swimmers. But I'm trying to think of is, is there a short swimmer out there? I mean, the other swimmers I'm aware of, I I think they're all taller, right? I think so. I mean, I'm even thinking some of the women swimmers. Like, I used to, my, my family made fun of me. It was, um, oh, boy, when was she popular? Probably in the late 80s, early 90s. I used to have a big crush on Summer Sanders. I, that was a great name for a girl. And, you, you know, I thought, I for some reason, I thought she was short. But I remember watching her. I, I think she did some TV hosting. And she was a tall woman, too. Yeah, she's 5'9". So. Yeah, for a woman, that's tall. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I can't believe that you would get tall after swimming, but, you know, hey, a lot of good swimmers are tall, so maybe that is a secret. Who knows? Very interesting. Bad backs get a, a big boost during this episode. Yeah. Uh, Elaine's dating a guy named Hal, and, you know, He's warning Elaine, hey, I, I got to be careful. I injured my back, and I got to be really careful and everything. And this is very interesting. Um, you know, we talked, what was it the other week? Um, yeah, Kramer brought, I mean, Jerry bought a girl a air conditioner. Yeah. So what What a nice gift. And very strange. I mean, sometimes 
you know, we talked about when do you send a date a expensive gift? I mean, yeah, if you want to press them, that's good. Do you want to do it very early in the relationship? Whatever the case might be. Well, he sends her a mattress that yeah. helps out the back. Yeah. And man, what a... I don't know. I mean, you got to be assuming something when you're saying a date and mattress, you know? Loved her reaction when yeah. she realized what it was. Now, yeah. the time, though, Seinfeld bought the air conditioner. Yes, it was for the woman, but it was for his apartment, you know? Right. So, I mean, this was the guy sending her a mattress to her house. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's to help someone with a bad back, so... What a presumptuous thing to say. I mean, hey, I got a bad back, so here's a mattress. And not for you, but for the, some of the bad backs. So when I come over, you know what's going on. And, you, you know, Elaine, they have one date. And, you know, hey, people do stuff after one date if they're comfortable. But Elaine kind of gets turned off by the whole thing. It's the, it was the park date. Daytime yeah. park date, too. So it was like the like first preliminary date, even. Yeah, very strange. And so she wants to get rid of it. And who else would take the mattress yeah. than Kramer? I mean, you know, Kramer's one that, you know, kind of like is like that. And I don't know. I mean, I like to criticize Kramer and say, why would you take something like that? But I don't know. You know, Laura, I keep thinking back to our work times together. And we used to have a free table. And, man, I was more jobs had the free table. I missed that at the News Herald. And I find myself rushing to the back because mm -hmm. uh, we had TV reviewer that liked to bring out videotapes of new shows. And, yeah, this is how old we are. <laughs> they brought videotapes. And we're like, woo, videotapes, yay. So I'd rush back, grab a bunch of videotapes. I probably didn't watch that much. But, man, people were dropping off other stuff. I mean, what was some of the other stuff they gave away? It wasn't just videotapes. That type stuff. Yeah, it wasn't just videotapes. It was some other stuff like that. So, you know, I, I like to mock Kramer for taking on stuff, but I have a little Kramer in me. I mean, you know, I, I liked getting some. Maybe I was young and didn't have that much stuff, but it's I got all revved up about really it. a nice mattress. Yeah. I mean, even Elaine, when, even though it stunk, even, she even said it was, a, it was a nice mattress. Right. And then, you know, she goes up to Howard and confronts him, like, hey, what's going on? Why are you doing this? And he kind of reveals saying, hey, I'm, I wasn't trying to think of that. I actually got custom made to your back. Now, which, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit more impressive. I, I'm wondering how he had the measurements for her back. Did he just guess? Well, or? Said, right? Well, he said, you're such and such height. And okay. I'm 10 pounds. And she was like, oh. Yeah. You know, like he, uh, he, he might have been off a little. By the way, there's a secret about this episode. I don't know if, okay. you, I don't know if you noticed it or remembered it. Okay. Um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus in this episode is pregnant. Oh, okay. So, in fact, pretty well pregnant, actually. Mm -hmm. so the mattress is, she, the mattress falls on her, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's, the mattress is what they used in this episode to hide the baby. Okay, oh, interesting. Like these bags and stuff to hide it. This okay. Was so this episode was pretty much written just for Julie Louise Dreyfus. I mean, yeah. you had to write an episode to help, you know, hide the fact she was pregnant, right? Yeah. 
pretty clever. Yeah, definitely. What would you think of Jerry's uh, kitchen design? Yes, I thought that was an interesting. It, it definitely made the episode. Um, it, it was very, it was very good. Um, I, I'm kind of like his contractor, and the name was Conrad. Because you know you like to ask questions. You, I mean, I used to be the type that would ask a ton of questions. Now I'm to the point where I may not ask a lot of questions, but I'll send you emails. Say, hey, this is what I did say. Let me know if you have any concerns or anything. But man, Conrad was very, you know, he wanted to know everything. He wanted to ask questions before he did everything. And Jerry threw him some information, and man, the design <laughs> ended up really rough. Yeah, well, he said he finally got sick of them asking questions, and he told Conrad to make his own mind out. Yeah, he he, Conrad did not do a good job, obviously. Well, I mean, he did a nice job. He, right. It just was overbearing for that apartment. Right. Um, well, not never, a lot of openness. He never said when I was watching that I remember – why he was doing that in his apartment. <laughs> you know, I, mean, yeah. I can understand the idea of changing your cabinets because that's like a normal thing to do. But I, I never, I mean, for him, it probably would have been just changing cabinet doors because I think at one point the show, in the show, Jerry had uh, glass doors, yeah. cabinets, and then they became not glass, you know, just regular wood doors. But, I mean, he moved, you know, like, he moved the, the stove, was over on the side. Yeah. If you remember when, like, Kramer was cooking sauce or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Like, he put the, he put it in as a, just a, a like, a top of the cabinet stove type stove. <laughs> It just seems so weird, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It it, it just uh, you know it just wasn't an open design. I mean, I, I think now my wife, you know, we've lived a couple of different places, and you know, she always likes when you could see around it, and there was just cabinets upon cabinets and everything. It's good to have that storage. I mean, I don't like kitchens that don't offer you storage, but it's good to be able to, if you're in the kitchen, be able to have an open look where you can actually see people and and talk to them and everything. Yeah, it, I left when Kramer's like, "Can I get a stool?" He's like, "Yeah, the stools go out there." <laughs> yeah, I, I like the whole um, kind of the the go between. You know, when we go back to Kramer and Elaine and how, you know, it's interesting. Like you said, you know, Kramer stunk because he was swimming the East River, yeah. and because of that, yeah, there's a misconception that Elaine was sleeping with Kramer. You know. Which may be interesting. There's a bunch of back and forth. I thought it was just fun to follow. Yeah. <laughs> the, the best is he, he's like, but that's over. And he said, oh, yeah, she put an end to that. Yes. <laughs> <He's> like, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I love the fact where, you know, Hal's trying out the East River. It seemed to help, help Hal. So Hal tells his back doctor. And now Kramer gets frustrated because everybody's sleeping. I'm not sleeping, but swimming in the East River now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, then he, and Elaine at one point uh, swims, doesn't she? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with a kickboard, which made me laugh. 
Yeah, I like, thought that was fun. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Um, one of the other parts that made me laugh in this episode was um, when Elaine was talking to him, uh, Hal, about the names of the places where the that sell the you know good back good for your back furniture. Yeah. And she's like, oh, such as such as us. And he goes, oh, we don't have one of those. Yeah. We're the lumbar yard. And she's like, what? <laughs> That's precisely one of those. That was very funny. Um, very good. So would you go to a baseball game that had fitted hat day? You know, I have a large head. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm confessing to something. But I do have a large head. It's interesting because I got frustrated because, like, you know, I was a big baseball fan as a kid. My dad would like to take me and my brother. My dad had a big head. My brother had a big head. Um, I remember, and we used to go to Canton Akron uh, Indians baseball games. And if you live in Northeast Ohio, the team that is currently the Akron – oh, what's their nickname now? I can't even think. Yeah, Rubber Ducks. I always think of them as the Arrows because once they moved, uh, they used to be at Summer Munson Stadium in Canton. They were the Canton Akron Indians. Uh, the stadium wasn't that great down there, so they kind of got tired of it. Um, Akron was willing to buy, build a nice stadium in Akron, so they moved away from Canton Akron. But there's many a summer night where my brother, dad, me, and other members of the family would be at Canton Akron games. And I, I bring this up because I remember they didn't have fitted hat day. But they actually have fitted hats. And, you know, we used it and buy stuff at the same because it was usually more expensive. But mm -hmm. Dad was like, hey, I'm going to buy you a fitted hat. And in a family of big-headed dudes, it was a nice yeah. gift. It was very good. Uh, so we spent, I don't know, it was like 15, 20 bucks where if you think of it back in the, oh, uh, we were watching games late 80s, early 90s. It was kind of expensive for that time. But, man, what a gift because it was a hat that actually fit around their head. Mm -hmm. you, you know, when you have a big head and you have a small hat, you couldn't make it fit. So, in theory, being a big-headed guy, I love the idea. But, <laughs> obviously, there was a lot of issues with giving away fitted hats with head mm -hmm. sizes and everything else. Because, you know, for me, I, I needed the big head size. But what about the little guy with a small head or anything? Yeah. Or the kids? What a mess. So, as a big headed guy, I love the idea, but practically it didn't work for everybody. Yeah. I wrote down fitted hat day makes me cringe in the COVID era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, in COVID. I mean, well, yeah, I'm thinking even after we get out of some of these restrictions, I mean, I'm not sure if we'll ever have a, a hat day period. I mean, especially a fitted hat day. Oh, what a. Well, what, what, how tough would that be? <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, they're going to have to figure out a new way to do a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And, and Fitted Hat, like you said, has issues other ways. I mean, I guess maybe the th the way to have done it in George's case is uh, maybe give a coupon or something. And, you know, hats have been expensive. Maybe you just say, hey, 10 bucks off at the <laughs> gift store or whatever. And people can go in and at least get money off a hat. But, yeah, it wasn't one of George's better ideas. No. Uh, well, it was Jerry's idea because he wanted to call in the bomb. Right. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and, and George went along with it, yeah. Which I mean, well, he was, yeah. But um, what do you think of Jerry calling in a um, threat? <laughs> I I <laughs> thought was serious. That's a pretty serious act. Yeah, d- definitely adding to the humor of the show. But can you imagine? I mean, yeah. You know, think about when you're in high school and college. You know. Everyone probably made a prank call or two, but man, a bomb threat. I mean, even at that time, I mean, that's you're breaking the law when you get a bomb threat. I'm not sure. And it was kind of funny that nothing happened. You know, it was just ha ha funny. And, yeah. you know, if, we, if it was a more realistic show, you know, the police would be coming over to Jerry's house. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing we haven't talked about yet is um, George Steinbrenner was featured in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Waiting for George. Singing, yeah. Trying to sing Pat Benatar songs. Yes, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> well, I love it too because for a while George did get away with, um, you know, being able to sleep under his desk. But you know, Cyber is waiting for him, and he was waiting for him while George was under the desk. So what do you do? You don't just pop up and say, "Hey, here I am." So yeah. that's when George called Jerry, asked for the, um, the bomb threat. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I mean, Steinbrenner was apparently into Pat Benatar's songs because he was playing, you know, singing them out loud and everything. And then the grandkids came in, and yeah, he wanted the the grandkids were curious, wanted to get behind the desk, and <laughs> and and that's where George really freaked out. So it was crazy. <laughs> I love when Jerry says when one of them calls, whether it's Kramer or Elaine or George. When they ask him something weird when he first picks up the phone, he's like, Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? Well, yeah, I liked how there's, George. There's another good line in this episode. Jerry at the end when George is sleeping up in the cabinet. Yeah. And he says, I can't. When he goes, I think it was a Pop Tart box. Mm-hmm. Came back from the store and he put his Pop Tarts in the, in the cupboard and he went back. You think he's gone back because he finds George, but he realized he bought the non-fat uh, pop tarts. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I got the non-fat. Yeah. Well, and I like too. Um, you know, so George is asking Jared to call back and change it because if it had to, it was so hard and everything. Didn't Jared call back? And was like, hey, it's a terrorist or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Is this Mr. Terrorist? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, how many times? Like, when you think of when threats get called in and everything, it's usually a one-time call. It's not like the bomb threat guy calls back again and says, hey, I got a little uh, change here, you know? His requirements. Yes. Usually when you make a call like that, it's a one-time deal. You make that call and you're done. Yeah. Usually you don't have repeat calls. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I thought there were some good things happening in the episode. Uh, I thought between the East River and Kramer, I, I love to go back and forth between um, Hal and Elaine and Kramer. It was just classic misunderstandings. I mean, how many yeah. sitcoms have struck gold with that over the years uh, overall? I, I mean, I thought it was good. The kitchen cabinets with Conrad, I think, were good. And, you know, the, taking a nap at work. And, again, mm-hmm. To answer my own question, you we had solid storylines. So I would guess I don't know, if not top ten, definitely top twenty. Yeah. 
I, I thought it was a good episode. And yeah, maybe it's my dream of sleeping at work, but I mean, it, it was good for other reasons too. So it wasn't just I liked it because of the craziness of that. Come to, uh, come to Canton, we can hook you up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I won't have to. I mean, I'm sure maybe if I'm asked to, it might be good to go to offices. And I I live in Columbus. I do a lot of work for papers in the Canton, Akron area and everything. I mean, I wouldn't mind coming back. I mean, I'm not sure if I could do that a lot. But, yeah, I wouldn't mind working out of the office one day. Yeah. Maybe come up and do that. And yeah, take yeah, it'll be good. I'll have to do that. Now the problem is, if you said people did it before, it wouldn't be as alarming. You know, like I wouldn't be calling somebody asking to place a bomb threat. It'd be kind of more acceptable. I mean, it'd be like, oh yeah, Christine's asleep. Yeah, totally acceptable. We'll wake him up in an hour or so. I, I need to do it in a in a harsh environment where right? I could get in trouble or fire for you. We need the risk involved. Yes, yes, I mean. It'd be interesting, but I would be interested in taking a trek back to a repository. Hey, um, I've been—I was there as a kid. I was there as a high schooler. I was there at different points of my work career. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun. So, where would you rank this overall? I mean, we do it our official basis, but would it be in your top high level or, or mid level? What do you think? Probably mid level. Okay. I mean, there's. It's really got to have, like last week's, actually after our, after we did our podcast last week, I went and found my list that I had made. Oh, okay. And I added it to my list that I had made. Remember, I, I, I don't know if you remember, but I told you I made a list of my favorite episodes one day. Okay. Okay. And had, at that point, I had 19 listed. Okay. And so I added it, so now I have 20 on my list. Oh, Okay. So, I, I need like, to do that. It was very funny. I mean, this is funny, but not, you know, terribly funny. <laughs> there were some funny parts. Well, and again, and again, everyone's got their list for different reasons. I mean, the guy who wrote the article had his own rationale, and mm-hmm. I got my rationale and everything else. I, I think it's influenced maybe by a favorite moment of the show. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we're human. So, we're, we're going to love the fact that George is sleeping at work. Hey, like, we're going to get to the marine biologist. I'm going to share my love for the marine biologist. But again, it's going to be based on that fantastic speech that George gives at the end of the yeah. show. And I remember other parts, but man, I'm really looking forward to discussing that particular episode because I got to really figure out is it that two minute viral video now, or is it more of the other 18 minutes of the show? I'm anxious to see that. So maybe. I'd say this in my top 20 because I think it's a solid episode, but the whole fact of George sleeping at work made it more fantastic, just based on that moment, where maybe there's a moment in the upcoming episode that you'd love to put up higher in the list because of that fantastic moment. So who knows? But that makes a great show. I mean, I think it makes it great that we all can have wildly different ideas of what our favorite episodes was. But think of some other shows, there's probably other shows where there's that one great fantastic episode, but other ones stunk, and if everyone thought one of those episodes were best, then you know it wasn't that great of a show then. You know what I mean? Right. So if we all have different moments, I think that adds to what makes the show so great. Just my opinion, so. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's quickly kind of take a look at what we have next week. I gotta admit, I was confused. 
Uh, shame on me because I didn't look at the article that well. So that confused me. It wasn't Laura. But uh, what we got next, Laura? The abstinence. Ooh, okay. I like that. George is a gay girl who is unable to have sex. Mm-hmm. Because she has uh, mono, I think. Yeah. I think that's what it is. And um, so George becomes a genius. And Elaine then, I think she loses her job finally with Pendant, I think. Maybe. I forget. She loses her yeah. job. And um, she becomes, basically becomes an idiot. Yes. Um, and then... Uh, Jerry gets bumped from career day at his old junior high. <laughs> yeah. No, and, uh, the, one of the best parts of this episode is Kramer um, turns his apartment into a smoking lounge. Yes. It gets disfigured. So this is an episode that has uh, Jackie Childs, which is always, always incredible. Um, and for the baseball fans, this episode is – what it is, Jer, um, George teaching the Mets, uh, Derek Jeter and uh, Bernie Williams how to, how to hit. I don't know if you remember that part based on science. Yeah, yeah. No. okay, it'll be interesting. I hope somebody out there has listened to all of these so they can say, Hey, you say it's about a lot of episodes. I definitely say this is top 20. There's a lot of good stuff in this episode. I'm looking forward to talking about it. It should be good. So, very good. Well, Laura, thank you. I appreciate it. And I apologize I couldn't read my screen right. It's been one of those weeks. But, mm-hmm. hey, I am glad that this week is coming to the end with talking about Seinfeld. It's always fun. I, I, I wouldn't like my week came to end on a rougher moment. I mean, this is a good moment. It's a good way of ending the week. And that's why I like taping news on Fridays like we do. So, yeah, well, thanks. Good conversation about uh, good conversation this week, uh, and uh, about the nap. Sorry, I'm I definitely need a nap right now. <laughs> yes, I need a nap, and then I'm looking forward to next week. And, and Laura, check on me halfway during the week, so I don't end up watching another episode. But I'm looking forward to watching the abstinence. It should be good. So, well, for Laura, it's Chris. Um, hey, as always, thank you for checking out Seinfeld. Have a great day. All right, bye bye. <laughs>